Welcome to the All People's Church Podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. Well, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. Wherever you are, we are thankful that you are with us. We trust that you are safe, that you are healthy. We speak divine health into your life and into your family and into your homes in the mighty name of Jesus. I I really want to encourage you tonight to make sure that you are getting plenty of rest and plenty of hydration. Hydration is so, so important, and I've had to uh, increase my hydration as well. You know, we, we tend to lose some of these uh, good practices. So, you know what, take your vitamins, make sure you rest, and plenty of hydration. Well, tonight I'm, I'm filling in once again for Pastor Moses. I'd love to tell you that he's uh, on a beach somewhere and enjoying, uh, you know, the, the son of Mexico or something like that, but uh, that is simply not the truth. He'll be back with us on, uh, on Sunday. And of course, we, we do have in-person uh, services, Wednesday nights as well, by the way, as well as children's ministry and, of course, our two services on Sunday. But without uh, any further delay, I, I want to jump right into the Word of God as we are speaking about hearing the voice of God, but we've called it a silence that speaks, a silence that speaks really uh, cultivating and training our ear to hear the words of our Lord. The Bible, the Bible says that Jesus told us that he or she that has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. So, you know, we can actually listen with our natural ears, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we are hearing in the Spirit. And as we are coming up into our into our prayer week, uh, we want to make sure that our, our spirit, our heart is ready to receive what the Lord is saying. I've told you many times that the beginning of the year is, is a great time uh, for God to speak to us and generally does speak uh, his word to his people corporately, individually. And so it's, it's an amazing time to get ready and to get prepared to hear the word of the Lord. And that's why we, we pray and fast. I want to talk about that in a, in a little bit. But uh, what, does, what does that fasting do? It, it shuts down our mind. It shuts our mind in the sense of the noise that we are hearing, the voices that we are hearing. It uh, denies the body. It doesn't make us more spiritual. It denies the body so that we will hopefully become spiritually in tune to what God is saying. That's why... You know, we have these seasons of, of seeking God. But you know, it's not just at the beginning of the year. We, we want to be disciples of the Lord so that we are hearing the voice of the Lord consistent, consistently. But it's a regular part of our devotion. You know, the, the Christian faith is really about talking to God and then listening. So he speaks to us, we listen. We speak to him, and obviously we know that he is faithful and he listens to us. Now, the beginning of the year is a very interesting time as, you know, you look at the internet and TV and that sort of thing where uh, there's all these advertisements on treadmills and, you know, how to lose weight that you gained at Christmas time and all, all, all these things that are these really uh, quick, uh, you know, 
uh, quick solutions, quick schemes that, that people are, are looking for because people are looking for fast answers for problems that have been around in their lives for a very, very long time. And, you know, not much unlike that, you know, our Christian faith can be like that, that, that the word of the Lord becomes very sporadic, that we're, we're looking for these, uh, these words or hearing from God that are very directional, they're very fast. It's almost like, hey, we need an answer, we need direction. God, I, I, you know, I need your word, I need your word, I, I need to hear from you. And then we get frustrated because we believe that God isn't answering us or he's not talking to us. But in reality, we're, there's no real preparation, there's no real training. So if you're not hearing the word of the Lord consistently, if you're not hearing his voice consistently, you know, what makes you think you're going to hear it because you need it at that particular moment? And by the way, a lot of people's spiritual life is just like that, that when there's crisis, you know, there's collision, there's drama that is going on, then they want to hear the word of the Lord. But what we're talking about in this little series here is not so much those directional, uh, explosive type of events. Which, which we talked about in the life of Elijah. Remember the wind, the fire, and, and how the voice of the Lord wasn't there, but the voice of the Lord was in the still small voice, which was in the, in the silence. And, and we, love to, we love to live in wind, fire, earthquake. And, and my friends, let, let me just say that, yes, there are moments that are, that are like that, and, and God does speak through, through those types of moments, but they are more rare than you and I think. The, the way that God really wants to speak to us is through the daily relationship, particularly through the word of God, and that we train our ear, we cultivate our, he- our ear, uh, and our hearing to hear the voice of the Lord. In other words, when Jesus said, if you have an ear to hear, well, well, how do you get that? Is it for the special people? Is it for the super spiritual? No, he said, my sheep hear my voice. Therefore, when Jesus is saying that if you have an ear to hear, it means that somewhere you've developed that hearing. It's not that special people get it and bad people don't or anything like that. It's that it's that daily development. It's that daily discipline. It's that daily practice, and that's what we want to talk about today. Now, before I get to the word, we're gonna we're gonna actually jump into uh, the New Testament this week, and we're gonna jump into John 15. We're gonna talk about that abiding. So we 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 spent time with Elijah last week. Now we're gonna actually talk about the the, the master of communication. The master of the voice of God, Jesus himself, and we're going to talk about this idea of abiding, how, how hearing the voice of the Lord really comes from consistently abiding with the Lord. And, you know, we, we, we look at this word abiding, and I want you to notice how many times that, that Jesus mentions it here in, in the verses we're going to talk about it. You know, we, we, we want to draw these, you know, super spiritual, uh, uh, you know, ideas and principles out of it. But, but I, you know, let, let, let's simplify. When Jesus is talking about abiding, it's really about a connection. It's really, it's really about...
not only looking for, but honestly they require because that's the way that they have, that's the way that they've created their lives. And, and notice even in, in the early church, there, there was this constant communication between heaven and God's people, uh, whether it was through prophets, whether it was through visions, whether it was through angels, the Holy Spirit himself, God was constantly communicating with the early church and it was just a natural process, different methods, but a natural process. But you know why? Because they abided, they connected. And, and can I say this? They didn't even have the written word like you and I have it. They were, they were writing the word um, as they were going along. So here's an illustration that I want you to think about when uh, Pastor Moses or Pastor Jason, myself, particularly Pastor Jason, who got more than 100% in Greek. Uh, I still got to figure out how you do that, but he got more than 100% in Greek. But if any of you have ever taken a Greek course, you've been to Bible school, particularly in Greek, before they teach you the manuscripts or how to read a sentence or even a word, you know what they do? They teach you the letters of the alphabet. You know, the alpha, the omega. You know, you're, you're hearing a lot of it because of COVID. You're learning actually Greek letters uh, because, of, uh, because of COVID. But, but in, in reality, that's what you need to do. You need to learn the letters before you learn the, the words and ultimately the sentences and, and the manuscripts, etc. It won't make sense to you until you learn the alphabet, the individual letters. What we're talking about in the abiding is really that. It, it, is, it is fundamental. It is like coming to the, it is coming to the alphabet. It is coming to the letters of abiding. This is, this is ground zero. This is how it all starts, how it all begins. And, and the better we are at abiding, the better we are at cultivating our, our hearing, the more we're going to hear from God because it's just going to be a natural outflow of our relationship with the Lord. It's, it's just quite that simple. I, you know, I was thinking about this today and, and, and when people say to me they don't hear from God or God doesn't speak, it, it, honestly, it's impossible. It, it is impossible because that is the basis of Christianity. That is our basis of our relationship with God is communication. It is impossible, which means something must be wrong. There, there, there's a lack in the connection somewhere. And of course, we know that God is never the problem, so it must be up. Must be us. So, with that said, let's go. Let's go to the words of Jesus. Let's go to John 15. Uh, I know that a lot of you are are, are familiar with this, and let, let's just get reacquainted. I'll make some notes. As we, uh, you know, as we, as we go, uh, as we go along here, but here's what Jesus said. I am the true vine and my father is the, vi uh, the vine dresser or the, the gardener. That's a, you know, that's a, a, a better word for us in today's vernacular. Every branch that would be you and I, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That's an important word. We're going to talk about that. Let me see. I'm hoping this color works out well for you. Every, every fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. When you go through the pruning process, God's not angry with you. He's not trying to punish you. Uh, he's not frustrated at you. What he's saying is you're bearing fruit. I want you to bear more fruit. Then he says, you are already clean because of the word which I have noticed. The word which I have spoken. The word... Faith, we're going to talk about this. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by every word of God. Uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. He also said, they that have an ear to hear, let them hear the word which I have spoken. The word makes you clean. 
the word is like dove soap. Uh, the, the Bible calls it fuller soap. It is, a, it is a cleansing agent all by itself. Cleanses the mind, cleanses the thoughts. It's important that we wash ourselves with the word of God daily. Then he says here, first time he says, let me see if I can, uh, let, let me do some coloring here. Pastor Moses would be so proud. Uh, he says, abide in me. That's the very first time. The very first time, first time, one. Abide in me and I in you. So notice something, abiding is a two-way street. Jesus said, you're gonna abide in me and I'm gonna abide in you. Now, this is an incredible privilege for you and I because there are many religions that they can't abide in their God. As a matter of fact, some, some religions uh, in, in Islam, Islam teaches you can't know Allah. Uh, you, you can't have revelation of him. Uh, he doesn't want to speak to you and he doesn't want to even hear from you. But in Christianity, it's very, very different. Jesus is saying, you can abide in me and I'm going to abide in you. So it's this two-way system of, of spiritual development. He says, as the branch, remember who's the branch? You and I are the branch, cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides, there it is again. Now we've had it twice now, once, twice. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. All of a sudden, we're up to three times. In other words, here's what the Lord is saying. Your life is going to be useless, spiritually fruitless, unless you're doing what? Unless you're abiding. Then he says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Again, I think we're up to number four now. He says, uh, he who abides in me and I him, him, watch this now, they bear much fruit. So we just read that we bear fruit. Now it's all of a sudden much fruit. You see that the yield is increasing. The more we hear from God, the more fruit we're going to bear. The more that we abide, the greater we abide, the, the closer that we are, the more connected that we are, our, our, our proximity to the Lord. And, and by the way, at the end, I'm going to end with three enemies that we have to conquer, three enemies of abiding that we have to conquer, and it's everybody's enemy. Common, common enemies. I'm going to talk about it right at the end. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can't accomplish anything. Uh, you may work hard, you may sweat it out, but the reality is what is truly needful, you are not going to bear that kind of fruit. You're not going to glorify God. Your life is not going to have purpose. So this abiding in John 15 is absolutely critical. And I think it's very interesting that uh, the apostle that was the closest to him, the beloved disciple being John, is the one that is telling us about this. As a matter of fact, you don't find this in any other gospel other than the gospel of John because I believe John was the master, even on earth, of abiding with the Lord. Always wanted to be near him, beside him, close, him, close to him at the Last Supper with his, you know, with his head on, on the chest of Jesus uh, on the shore when, when, when Jesus was prophesying to Peter, John wasn't that far off. Uh, on the Isle of Patmos where, where he was exiled and a lot of the uh, disciples, uh, the apostles had been, uh, you know, murdered and, and executed. Uh, who shows up? Jesus on the Isle of Patmos and gives him a great revelation. So if anyone does not abide in me in verse six, there it is again. I think we're up to the number five in me. He, 
Uh, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they, they gather them and throw them into fire, and they are burnt. In other words, here's what happens to fruitless lives. Here's what happens to people technically that don't abide and don't hear the word of God. They are, they are gathered together. They are burnt up. They are thrown away. They are cast away. They are good for nothing. In other words, here's what Jesus is saying. They're not spared. In verse 7, he says, if you abide in me, are we up to number 6? Uh, and, and my words, ooh, this is big, this is big. Let's capture that right there. And my words, this is key. And my words abide in you. If, if you abide in me, I think we're up to number 7 here. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Now watch what he says. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. You will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. We've talked about that already. So you will be my disciples. We, we just, we just, the Lord's giving us some, some clarifying words here. Number one, he's giving us the secret sauce of having our prayers answered. You will ask what you desire. Why? Because watch what happens. I abide in the Lord, and then his words abide in me. His, his direction, his life, his commandments, his principles. This is a, this is a two-way thing here, because people say, well, I, I abide, pastor, I abide, you know, I abide. I, I'm in there, I got a devotional, I abide. But, but are his words abiding in you to the place that you are hearing the voice of God, you are bearing much fruit, the Father is glorified, and then notice he says, you can ask whatever you want, obviously according to the will of God, and then it's going to be given to you. But, but this is so critical. Let me, I want, I want to erase that part there, and I want to re, re, redo it here. And my words abide in you. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word or the rhema of God. And that word means the, the proceeding living word. In other words, it becomes alive. It could be out of the word of God. It could be out of a prophetic word. Any way that God communicates, the rhema is the living word. Let's, let's just stop for a moment. Let's just be honest. Let, 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 let's take inventory. You know, when I'm, when I'm coaching people, counseling people, I, I ask them this question. How is your relationship with the Lord? How close are you to the Lord? How, can, I, can I say it this way? How much permission does the Lord have in your life to change your life, uh, to prune you, to, to correct you? Uh, how much of, of his words have lordship over your life so that they are king? They are king over the way you are living in, in the workplace, in, in the country, uh, in, your, in your family, in your spousal relationship. Everything that concerns us, the word of Christ ought to abide, uh, ought to abide in us. Um, okay, I'm stuck here. I don't know why I'm stuck. Um, by this is my father glorified. Hold on, let me try and do a little trick here. Because I really need to get to the next page. Uh, okay, so verse 9, it says, yeah, here we are. As, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. There it is again, abide. Are we up to number 8, I believe? Somebody help me if we're not. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, my words abide in you, right? If you keep my commandments, you will abide. There it is again, number 9. You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in 
his love. So first Jesus says, abide in me. Then, then he says, let my words abide in you. And now he introduces this new idea that I want you to abide in my love. I want you, I want you to abide in my agape. We, we, we know that God is love. God is agape. And he says, now I, wa- I want you to understand that I love you with a perfect love, with a divine love. That's really what agape is. Not, not the love that you and I would, uh, would hear about and express today. But notice what he says. I want you to abide in my love. And, and I want you to notice, he said, that I abide in my Father's love. In other words, Jesus saying, I know I am perfectly loved by the Father. And then the Bible says this, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So you've heard me say many, many times that we have so much fear in the body of Christ today. Why do we have so much fear? Because somewhere we must not believe that we are agape by Father that we are in this perfect love of the Father, we're at, we're at the center of his heart, and, and we're, not, we're, not abiding. we're not abiding there. So when, when we're coming um, you know, into the presence of the Lord, uh, let, me, let, me, let me ask you the question, are you experiencing the love of God? Now, I know we always want to feel, we're, we're very feeling people, I want to feel that God loves me, I want to feel that God's for me, I want to have this affection, you know, I want the Lord to wrap his arms around me, and those things are all wonderful, but at some place, even, even as we mature, you know, we have to understand that God loves us by faith. So that means that there may be days that you and I, we don't feel the love of God. We're, we're, we, we don't have all those warm, gushy feelings that, that we do at times. Sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. But by faith, we know every day, whether I feel or don't feel, I know that what? I, I am loved, I'm abiding in the love of the Father. And then Paul said this. He said that the just or the righteous, what, what, what's going to happen? They're not going to what? They're not going to walk by sight, and we can also put feeling and emotions in there, but they're going to walk by faith. There, there is a belief, because what happens? When I abide, I get to know who God is. I, I get to know his nature, that, that when, when the word says God is love, it's, it's, it's not just, okay, God is love, I accept that. No, no, no. I, I, I begin to see him. I begin to know him. I begin to experience him, that, that when I don't feel that I am loved, then out of my faith, I know I am because that's God's nature. He doesn't, he doesn't change one day to the other. He is a rock. He is a mountain. He is a consistent um, a person. He's not like you and I, you know, we, we have up days. No, God's not like that. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. Uh, he, he doesn't have uh, uh, behavioral issues. He doesn't have hangups. That's not God at all. So last week, You'll recall that I, that I mentioned, I mentioned to you three things that, that how do I know, how, how do I know that I'm hearing the, the word of God? Number one, I said to you, faith is going to be released with that word. When, when I hear the Lord, when I hear the voice of the Lord, when God speaks to me, faith in that word is going to be released. I'm going to, I'm going to be empowered. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense. Sometimes it's not logical, but I know that I know that I know this is what God has said. And this is the word of the Lord. Number two, we said that life is birthed. 
Jesus said, my words are life. You, you know, the, the best example I can give you is, is, is you're reading the Bible, and all of a sudden, when I, when I say it's life, it's like the, the words pop out of the page. It's, it's like something goes right into your spirit, man, and that becomes food for you. So when we're talking about prayer and fasting, it's, it's, not, it's not just that we fast food, not fast food, but that we fast our food. But while we're fasting then, we need to get the word of God into us. It, it becomes nourishment. It becomes life. Remember the, the story of Jesus and the woman at the well and how the disciples went to go get food for Jesus. And, and then when they, when they returned, they presented the food to him and he didn't want it. And he didn't want it. And they, and they said to him, you know, did, did somebody come along? Did somebody give him lunch? Did somebody give him food? And then Jesus said this. You know, he, he, said, he said, I have food you know not of. You went to go get me lunch. You went to get me natural lunch. But I, but I want you to understand, I had this encounter with this woman. Uh, I provided revelation to her. And in providing revelation to her, the Father has fed me. The Father has fed me. You have food, or I have food that you know not of. In other words, I am nourished by other things uh, than just what's happening in the natural realm, in the natural food. Isn't, isn't it amazing that sometimes when we are fed by the word of God and by the voice of the Lord, remember the, if my words abide in you, literally it's, it's, it's spiritual food that sustains us and sustains us in good times, bad times, and everywhere in between. And so a lot of times the truth is this, that God's people are anemic spiritually, they are anemic because they're not getting the food that Jesus was talking about. Now, here's the phenomenal part. Later on, the disciples would understand what he meant by that. And that they would have access to that food. And, and you and I today, we have access to that kind of food. The food that the Father provides. So, before I take you into this ecosystem. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. The third one was. Uh, so, the first one is life is, uh, faith is released. Life is birth. And then the third point is that the kingdom. The kingdom is produced. What's the kingdom? It's not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when I have the word of the Lord, God speaks to me. The words of Jesus are abiding in me. I am going to have kingdom results. I'm going to produce righteousness, doing the right thing. Righteousness that's according to the nature of God. Righteousness that pleases God. Not political correctness, that's a counterfeit. Righteousness according to the word and, and the standards of God. I'm going to have peace, peace with God, the peace of God, the peace around me, and then joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So I want you to notice this particular chart here, and Pastor Moses, by the way, has, has coined this, what he calls the spiritual ecosystem of John 15. What's, a, what's an ecosystem? It's a life system. It, it is something that is constantly moving, and so we, we, we put it in a, in a circle here. And so notice that it starts with, number one, what, what is a key part? Abide in me. Abide in me. And I want you to see the system that is consistently working. This is not a one-time thing. This is a daily thing in all our lives. You know, my, my father-in-law is in the room here. I think he's, you know, I've mentioned his age and, you know, I'm, uh, in, in middle to upper 80s. And he's walked with the Lord a very, very long time. And, and even, 
at the tender age, can I say that way, of, of, of mid to late 80s, he continues to abide in the Lord. Even, even in your 80s, it's not, a, it's, it's not a one-time thing or I've mastered this thing. Because here's the truth. In God, you can always go deeper. <laughs> in God, you can always go deeper. You can have as much of God uh, as you want. So Jesus said to us, number one, you need to abide in me. And then what's going to happen? If, if you abide in me, then, then I'm going to abide in you. And, and I want you to notice that there is a discipline here. There is a, there is a discipline. This is a, this is a practice. This is a, this is a cultivating. This is a honing. Honestly, hearing from God is a skill. It is a, it is a spiritual skill that you develop. And the more you develop it and the more you are intentional about it, the greater and clearer you will hear his voice. And, and that means, though, that, that I want you to catch this. If Jesus is saying, abide in me, it must mean there are other things we can abide in. And if Jesus said, let my words abide in you, that means, you know, there could be other words or other philosophies or other things in life that can also abide in us, which means there's a competition, right? There's a competition for our attention, for our mind, our spirit, our soul. And, and, and so that can create a lot of clutter. It creates a lot of noise. It, 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 it creates a lot, of, a lot of things that cause us not to hear the voice of God, not because God is not speaking, but we are just bombarded constantly. Isn't it amazing in Psalm 23 uh, where the scripture says, he leads me beside still waters. He, he causes me to lie down. He causes me. In other words, lie down. You know, be quiet. Quiet down your heart. Quiet down your mind. Quiet, quiet down your spirit. And particularly, you know, we, we live in, in the era of social media and the in the electronic age, you know, uh, tonight before I, I came to the church, I, you know, I just wanted to spend some time. I wanted to abide a little bit be, before even I, I arrived here. Even though I had prayed earlier on today, I thought I, I want to abide before, you know, before I, I, I go and I speak. And 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 you know, the corner of my eye, I can see my my phone is just like this text message, that email, that you know. And, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, sometimes I just want to, I just want to throw that phone out. It is just so distracting, if, if you will. And, and, and I know that many times our Bible is on here and all of a sudden we're there and then, and then, and then you get a notification or something pops up or somebody calls you and something irritates you. That's the kind of noise that I'm talking about that immediately we are distracted. Immediately we are distracted. And, you know, somebody said that we're living in the uh, six to eight second world now that, that literally, I think, you know, Snapchat and other apps like that, where we're literally, they're just putting on six to eight second uh, videos because the reality is people's, people's attention span is actually shrinking. So then Jesus said this, abiding in me, can I put a plus sign here? Abiding in me and I abiding in you is going to equal something. Well, what's it going to equal? It's going to equal that you're going to bear fruit. You're gonna you're gonna be fruitful. You're you're you know that that figs are gonna be on your tree. Remember that story I told you about how Jesus was irritated 
with the fig tree that didn't have figs. And, and by the way, you know what's interesting? In, in that particular season, uh, there weren't supposed to be figs on the tree. It wasn't, it wasn't that, it wasn't fig season, if you will. And yet we know that Jesus, much like he told us here in John 15, what did he do? He cursed the tree. But what he's saying is, if you abide in me, I abide in you, my words abide in you, you are going to be fruitful. So my friends, can I say it this way? There's no choice. It's, 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 it's not like we, we say, oh, be fruitful. Oh, be. No, no, no. You, you are going to bear fruit. It's, it's just, it, it is a natural law. It is a natural, can I say it this way? It is a natural spiritual law that if, if one and two are happening, three has to happen. It just, it just has to, it automatically has to happen and it will happen. And then watch this, when we go all the way to number four, the father now seeing fruit on the tree recognizes, and by the way, this is gardening 101. I, you know, I've, I've, I've told the story of my, uh, my own grandfather and a, a uh, you know, a vineyard that, not a vineyard, but a, a vine, an actual grapevine that we had in, um, in, in our house and, and how he came over. I'll, for those of you that don't know, uh, basically, I had, we, had, we had bought this house. Uh, we had, my uncle had planted this, uh, this grapevine, but, you know, some bees were gathering in stuff. And so I, you know, I actually took the, the grape uh, vine right out of the ground, literally ripped it out, and the thing regrew on its own, just regrew. Clearly, I didn't get to the root of it, and it regrew. And so I thought, okay, this is a sign. And so I thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, leave it. I'm gonna let it go. Uh, and and it was growing a little bit, a little bit wild. And then, you know, I was just every every day I would come home from work and I'd watch this thing grow. And uh, you know, not that I was really doing much about it, but I was really proud in the fact that I was. Uh, growing this thing, and it, but really it was growing it all by itself. And then one day I came home, and, and I went to the backyard, and, and the thing had just been almost what I would just say slaughtered. You know, leaves were gone, the head had been cut off, and and I, 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 I was like, and devastated. My, my grandfather was coming over that night to visit, and, and I knew he was, he was going to inspect the, uh, the grapevine, and, and so I I went into the house and I said to Carolyn, I said, you know, I, I, I don't know what happened. I said, I, I don't know if animals got to the vine or, you know, it, it just looks decimated. And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. She goes, I pruned it. And I said, you what? She goes, yeah, I pruned it. I cut it. You know, you cut the head off and she's telling me what she did. And I was, I was just like, you know, what, what, what did you do? Why would you cut its head off? Why would you do this? And, you know, I said to her, well, how would you feel if I cut your head off? And, and uh, I was like, what are you doing? You know, and she goes, no, no, you got to prune it. And I'm like, ah, I was so upset. And, and then, you know, my, my grandfather comes over. He's gone on to be with the Lord now. And, of course, we had dinner. And at one point he says, hey, let's go look at the vine. And I'm like, oh, man, let's not. No, no, let's not, you know. But anyway, we went back there. And, and so what I thought was going to be like this, this rebuke and, you know, what are you doing and what are you thinking? He says, he looks at me, he goes, oh, he said, I, I see that you've, you've pruned the vine. He says, that's excellent, good for you. And, and so I was like, yeah, no, no, right on, man. Uh, 
That's a good job, eh, that I, put, that I, <laughs> I pruned it. And, and yes, yes, I took all the credit for it. Just so you know, uh, Carolyn is still not over it to this day. But that, is a, but that is a true story. And then you know what happened? That grapevine, as much as it was growing already, all of a sudden, that thing just sprouted. That thing, that thing just took off. That pruning process that had nothing to do with me that I took full credit for, all of a sudden began to, to bear grapes. And you know, you know what he says? You know what Jesus, watch this. It starts with abiding in Jesus. And now watch what Jesus says. The father gets involved. The, the gardener comes. The gardener comes and he, he says, I, I like this abiding. I, I, I like what's going on here. I like that it's beginning to bear fruit. I, I, I want to see this vine bear more fruit. Now remember, what's the abiding? Jesus said, I'm the vine. I'm the vine, you are the branches. I'm the vine, you're the branches, you're connected to me. When the Father sees that we're connected to the Son and we are bearing fruit, notice the Father then comes and says, and, and, and like that, you know, my, my, my grandfather, I love my grandfather, miss him so much, I, I hope I'm as good a grandfather to Owen as, as, uh, as, as my nonu and I were, were close. And, uh, you know, he, was, he had a full head of white hair and just kind of represented that patriarchal, uh, you know, Italian grandfather. You know, maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, you, know, you know how we have pictures of God that looks that way. But, but kind of get, get the picture of the, uh, of, of the experienced individual, the, the gardener. And my grandfather loved gardening, whether it was uh, grapes or tomatoes. I mean, he just had, he just had the, you know, you know, he just knew what to do. You know, it's, it's a skill even to this day, unfortunately, I didn't pick up. But, but all of a sudden, it's like the father comes and, and the father's pleased and he, he sees the vine and he sees the fruit and he says, I, w- I want to see more fruit. I, I, I really want to see this vine explode. I, 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 I really want to see the, uh, the reality of it, the potential of it uh, to come forth so that it will bless many. And then the father, as only the father can in his wisdom, in his mastery, in his know-how he begins to prune and then and then watch this watch what happens watch what happens we go from bearing fruit to bearing much fruit we go from bearing fruit to bearing much fruit you know you know what I believe happens there what I believe happens is as the words of the Lord are are abiding in us and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God I believe that not only are we bearing fruit but there has to be a connection to I'm hearing more of God and I am hearing clarity I'm hearing God much clearer Uh, I'm getting greater reality Uh, I'm getting greater secrets God is revealing things to me about my life about my family and and my friends you always hear me talk about this you know in in any situation here's one of the prayers that I pray what's the mind of the Lord what, what is the mind of the Lord? I cannot tell you how many times in the last two years uh, in, the, in, the, in the midst of COVID uh, that, I've, that I've had to lead not by I have skill because I've never led through a pandemic. I've, and nobody, you know, as far as I know, nobody really has. And, and, and so how do you lead? You, he, you lead by, Lord, what are you saying? Lord, what are you doing? Lord, Lord what is your word? How, how am I going to lead these people? And you know, 
Uh, you can either go safe or you can go God. What I mean by that is, you know, on the 31st, and I preached even about it last week about inheritance and, and, and give me this mountain. That, that's quite a word to preach in, in the midst of people just trying to survive. Uh, people just, you know, trying to make a decision. Do I take the shot? Do I not take the shot? And, and here you come along talking about dividing inheritance and give me this mountain. It, it almost seems like it's uh, counterintuitive, counterproductive. Productive. It, it, it almost seems like, why are you talking about something like that when, when, when there are, are much more practical things that we ought to focus on? But you see, many times, that, that is exactly how the Lord speaks to us. That we may be asking about a particular thing that, you know, that maybe is on this level, and then God gives us a word that says, no, 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 I want you to, I want you to look up here. I want you to think up here. I, I don't want you to just bear uh, some fruit. I want you to bear much fruit. And that's the difference between uh, living safe and living God and hearing the word of the Lord and then having the courage to say, here's what the Lord is saying. Here, here's, here's, here's the command of the Lord that we ought to go forth, that we ought to not be intimidated, that we ought to take uh, down giants and, and, and mountains. That's, that's the difference between hearing from God and just playing it safe. And then something very interesting happens. Notice what, what Jesus says. He says at this point, after we've been pruned, so we've abided, he's abiding in us, we bear fruit, we go through the pruning process. And by the way, the pruning process, I, you know, I don't have time to break it down today. But it's, it's not always a nice process. It's, um, it can be difficult. I mean, it's like literally God cutting you back. It's, you know, it's the, old, uh, it's the old taking one step back to take two steps forward or two steps back to, to, to go three steps forward. It's, it's, it could be a time of frustration. It, it, you know, it's like all of a sudden I've got all this momentum and almost like God stops you in your tracks and you're like, well, why? Why did that happen? Why, why, you know, why, why, why can't we just carry on with the momentum but remember the master knows the right pruning time. Um, in churches sometimes, and by the way, I will say this, that part of COVID, part of COVID has been a pruning process in the church. Not just all peoples, I'm talking about uh, the body at large. It has been a pruning process where, where the Lord has said in this season, let's see who's really serious. Let's see, let's see who's really abiding and those that are just going through activities or, or coming you know, for other reasons. Let's really see who is abiding. And so the last two years have been a pruning process. No pastor, I don't care who you are, no pastor wants to go through a pruning process when it comes to his church. Nobody, nobody wants to see his, you know, their, uh, their church shrink or people leave or people pass away. Whether it's good, bad, indifferent, nobody, nobody, you know, we, we just believe that growth is spirituality. Uh, a lot means good. Let's, you know, let's carry on. We, we don't want to see people pruned. We don't want to see finances pruned. We just don't want to see that. But the reality is this is part of the process. We may not like it, we may not even desire it, but here again, it's not that God is angry with us. God says, I see, and I want you to bear more fruit. And then he says this, your father will be glorified. After the pruning and after the much fruit, your father is going to be glorified. As a matter of fact, can we say it this way? Maybe it's the only time in the entire eco-abiding system 
when the Father is truly glorified. When? When we are bearing much fruit because the abiding has taken place, the pruning has taken place, and the Lord is saying, hey, we, we have arrived somewhere here where I'm receiving glory. Why do you think about that for a moment? You know, we, we, uh, it's interesting what we believe the Lord gets glory from. You know, we, we love the... We love the, you can play that music, by the way. We, we love the, you know, the Sunday morning. We love the songs. We, it's interesting how we equate, you know, well, let's glorify God. Let's magnify God. Let, let's worship the Lord. And I, and I believe that's a part of it. But you know, you know what Jesus is explaining here? That there's a process of abiding that once we hit that level of much fruit, there, there, there is here again a glorification of God that maybe we're not even aware of. That, that our lives are producing a fruit that as we go about our everyday lives, what, what would seem to us to be common, mundane, is, is probably the place where God is saying, wow, I'm really receiving glory from that. Wow, I, I really feel glorified in, in your life, in, in that event, in, in, in the way you're conducting yourself. And, and maybe what you and I would say, this is glorifying God and that's not. Maybe the Lord is saying, I have a different measuring stick than you. I, I have a different system. And, and considering that, <laughs> you know, considering that the glory is for him. Uh, maybe we ought to look to him and say, why don't you tell us when you're glorified versus when we're glorified? Because you see, is it possible, you know, is it possible that we could be living a fruitless, useless life? We're not abiding. His words don't abide in us. But, you know, we show up on a, we show up on a Sunday and we do the thing. You know, we raise our hands, we jump around, we, we go, okay, it's Sunday, glorify God time. And, and the Lord looks at us and says, you know, you're, you're like a monkey. You're just, you're, just, you're just jumping up and down, but I'm not being glorified because there's, I, 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 you haven't gone through the process. You haven't, you, haven't, you haven't abided. You're not bearing any fruit. You're, you're, you haven't been pruned. So you can, you can jump up and down all you want, per se, and do all the, all the things that we do, but it doesn't necessarily hit the heart of God. Three enemies... To abiding or to abide, I believe we all must conquer these enemies. Number one is time. Or, can I say it this way? The lack. They tell me to slow down. Lack of time. People say this, I, you know, pass around of time. I don't, because without time, you can't abide. It just, <laughs> it, it, this is not a car wash. This is not an in and out Give me a quick word. That's, this is not what we're talking about. If, that, if that's what you're looking for, wind, fire, earthquake, big atomic explosions, this, this isn't it. This isn't the model. People say, I don't have enough time. Well, the truth is we have time to do what we believe requires our time. In other words, if I believe it's a priority, if I, if I have a hobby, if I have something I really like, uh, something I really want to do, um, you're going to find the time. You and I, 
guaranteed, as busy as we are, you will find the time to do the thing that you believe is important, that you believe is valuable, that you believe is going to yield something to you. Number two, this is um, confidence. What do I mean? Um, I think sometimes we don't abide because we don't trust. We don't, we don't have confidence that either our prayers are being heard, that there's any use in abiding. Uh, I, think, I think people, if we're honest, are at a place where, um, you know, they're weary. Pastor, we've prayed, we've prayed, we've prayed. Uh, our, 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 our prayers aren't answered, so uh, why pray? Why abide? There doesn't seem to be value in it. There doesn't seem to be any kind of a yield. And so we're not going to outright say that to God. We don't have confidence in you and in abiding. But somewhere subconsciously, it's almost like a, well, why would I, why would I bother? Why should I bother with this? It, you know, I see people that don't abide. They seem to be fine. They seem to be okay. So maybe, maybe I'll just kind of settle there. Um, this, one is, this one is big. I think, I think the devil really, not only does he make us busy, but this second one here, you know, almost like, almost like what Satan said to Adam and Eve. You know, has God said, has God done? Is, is God really hearing you? Does he really care? Um, this, this is a major, major issue, which by the way, I really believe this is a, an attack. Remember I talked about the nature of God, the character of God. This is really an attack on who God is. And so if I don't feel loved, therefore God's not loved. If I'm having all these problems, uh, therefore God is not concerned with, you know, helping me in my life. And so we equate circumstances to this must be the nature of God. And if something goes wrong, then there's something wrong with God. That's why I believe the Bible says to us, ask for the Lord. In the Old Testament, the scripture says, ask for the Lord, his way is perfect. So think about it. Ask for the Lord, his way is perfect. Which means when it doesn't make sense to me, it cannot be God. When, when something's gone wrong, it cannot be the Lord, it must be me. There, there's somewhere, there, there, there is a break in in, in, in the power, there's a break in the connection. And my friends, I, I, it doesn't matter how, how, how bad it looks. You know, I, uh, I talk about my mom quite a bit because uh, the death that I, that I saw her die, even my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law suffered, you know, you know badly. And, and, and we look at that and we say, God, this is unfair, it's unjust. Uh, we wouldn't do it this way. And yet the Lord says, there's things you don't know. Uh, you know, as for me, my ways are perfect, which means even in our, in, our, in our finite thinking, we cannot impose ourselves on God saying, well, we would have done it differently. So somewhere we have a confidence issue. And, and then the third one is, is really it comes down uh, to discipline. You know, discipline or that practice. Um, you know, whether we, whether we like it or not, this is what it means to be disciples. This is uh, abiding takes discipline. It, it, it takes, um, shutting down the distractions. It, it, it takes a, a, a regular routine. Honestly, uh, I, I know we don't want to, we have to be careful because you can, you can move quickly from discipline 
into religiosity. So we don't want to become religious in that, you know, it, it becomes ritualistic and routine. But let me say this, there is power in routine. Jesus had routine. Uh, he had more routine than we, than we actually care to admit. But that's really what it, discipline means. It's, it's, it's that I have, I have brought some things under. I have, I have been trained, disciplined, discipled. I am discipled to what? To abide. Uh, when I don't want to abide, when, when I'd rather go watch a, you know, a sporting program, or I'd, rather, I'd rather go out, or I'd rather, I'd rather do something else. Um, you'll, you'll notice uh, during the week of fasting and prayer, the foods that you right now look at and you just kind of go like, eh, I don't want that, eh, I don't want this, I don't want that. Come that week, <laughs> there's certain foods that you're going to think is like the last food on the earth. You know, it, I, I don't know, something happens in your mind, in your mouth, in your eyes where, where, where foods that normally you would just kind of um, almost despise. You're almost like, oh, if I could just have... If I could just have that apple, oh my God, you know, and then, and then you taste it. It's like, oh, I've never, I've never tasted an apple, you know, like this. Well, what's happening? We're, we're disciplining ourselves. We're disciplining. And so uh, I'm sure we could add more to this, but, but these are three enemies that I really believe have to be overcome if we're going to, um, to truly abide. And, and I believe um, you know, I, I, I spoke to uh, both Pastor Moses, Pastor Jason. I, I want to create, you know, I talked about the survival kit, um, some keys of the survival kit, but I, I want to actually create some tools uh, that scripture and prayer for people throughout the year, we're going to actually develop a survival kit that we're going to be giving you along the way, and then we're going to house it in one place. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, who knows, by the end of the year, maybe we come up with 12, 15 things that, uh, you know, the family blessing is going to be on there. Um, I asked Pastor Jason to look at uh, uh, area of, of um, you know, mental health in particular and what the word says about that. And then I had Candace call me in today and, and, and talk a little bit about the need. You know, people are under, you know, spiritual warfare, which I talked about on the 31st and that the promised land and the inheritance is on the other side of warfare. But how do we warfare? How do we, how do we actually fight? It's one thing to say, okay, pastor, you told us we're going to fight. You know, maybe we make assumptions that everybody knows how to fight, uh, spiritually speaking. And so uh, I, want, I want to put this, I want to create this, this survival kit for you and build it along, along the year because, uh, my friends, this is the alphabet. This is the, this is the alpha to omega. Uh, this is it. If we don't, if we don't abide, uh, then everything else, A, is either not going to make sense. B, we're always going to be looking for uh, fire, wind, and earthquakes and sporadic directional moments where, oh my God, if I don't hear from you now, I don't know what's going to happen to my life rather than uh, abiding in the word and allowing the voice of the Lord just to be a natural outflow of, um, of who he is. Uh, it's interesting, last week, you know, I had a lady, I'm going to close, I had a lady in, in actually right in the room. There wasn't very many people, less than today. And um, at the end, she came up to me. She said, you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm a new Christian. And she told me what her religious background was. And she said, I'm, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing this voice. I'm, 
I'm hearing an audible voice talk to me. And I said, okay. And she, I said, well, well, tell me what the voice is saying to you. And she began to give me scripture. <laughs> she says, the voice, the voice says this and the voice says that. And, 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 um, and I said to her, that's the Lord. Well, how did I know it was the Lord? <laughs> because she's telling me that the voice is speaking to her written, the written word, the written logos. And she said to me, you know, my, she said, I, I told my family and, and they're of that religious uh, background and, and, uh, and they said, you know, they, they think I'm crazy. And she said, pastor, am I crazy? I said, no, dear. I said, you're not crazy. You're, you're actually in your right mind. You're hearing the voice of God. And she was hearing, and it's funny because last week I had said, you know, uh, God doesn't particularly speak to us in an audible way. Well, she is literally hearing the audible voice of God. And, and the Lord is speaking the word. And I said, you know what? You're not crazy. Keep listening, listening to that voice. Line it up with the Bible uh, because the Lord, now think about it. Now, why would the Lord do that? She's coming from a very, very deep uh, religious, spiritual background uh, that God needs to break some things in her life. Um, and, and he's so faithful that he is literally audibly speaking to her. God is just awesome. So I'll bless you. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you for being here tonight. And those of you that are watching online and those of you that are going to watch on demand, we, we thank you for that. Father, I thank you that you are a God. Well, you are the God, but you are the God that speaks to us, communicates with us. You make yourself known and we are thankful and we are humble. We, we thank you for the privilege, Lord, of abiding. It's, it's, really, it's really about Hebrews 4, that coming to the throne and being in the chamber of the Lord and communicating with you. And we thank you, Lord, that not only will we abide in you, you're going to abide in us. And, and Lord, that we would give you permission to allow your words to abide in us because you said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And we thank you, Father, that somewhere in the process, Lord, you get involved and, and you say, I'm coming, I'm coming to do the pruning because I'm, I'm the gardener, I'm the master. And then you're going to bear much fruit. And, and Lord, ultimately, our heart is to glorify you, how we love you, how we magnify you, how, how we want to see you increase in our lives. We thank you for the people of God. We thank you for those that are watching. And, and Lord, may, may we defeat, give us grace to defeat these enemies in the powerful and awesome name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We love you and we'll see you on Sunday. God bless.